The Culture Pop Podcast is brought to you by the law offices of Jacob Imrani. Accident or injury, call Jacob Imrani, call Jacob. Hey, it's Mace. If you or a friend or loved one is injured in an accident, the first person you should call is my friend Jacob. When I did this, Jacob was great. He helped me by talking through the next steps, which really put my mind at ease. When you're injured in an accident, you got to have an expert. That's why you call Jacob, just like I did. Call Jacob, 844-24-JACOB. That's 844-24-JACOB. Or visit calljacob.com. Call Jacob. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Culture Pop Podcast. I'm Steve Mason, along with Sue Kalinske. Sue Baloo, what's happening? You look very good in tie-dye. So you kind of got like a, it's like a black and white grayish, and it really looks beautiful oh, with your you. with your beautiful hair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I quit wearing ball caps, period. Uh uh, you think I didn't notice that? Yeah, I know. It's I. I used to always be in it. Now I'm. You know, I. I'm owning this. I. Everybody says I got great hair, so I'm going to lead with it. And I'm not wearing a wool cap. Exactly. It's warm where you are, apparently. <laughs> no, it's cold. Actually, it was cold today. So, uh, all right. Uh, you know, we've got a really cool guest coming up. It's Alex Convery, who wrote uh, Air, which. I mean, I for me is the best movie so far this year. What about you, Sue? Uh, I second that. Um, I, I was excited to see it. It didn't disappoint. It was, um, it was kind of a throwback to me, you know, to like older films, you know, it was just sharp, snappy script, great direction, unbelievable cast. And, um, you know, it's one of those movies that, you, you know, you can't ruin the ending because you know the ending. Yes. Unless you've been living under a rock all these years. Right. And um, it didn't matter. You know, I knew what was going to happen, but the, the the ride was such a delight to, to be on. You know, one of the things I loved is it, the movie is set in 1984, 83, 84, something like that. And that was the very beginning of me being a DJ. So every one of those songs from like in a big country by big country uh, or uh, time after time, all these were like the records that I was playing in the earliest years of my broadcast career, which really grounded this at a certain period of time. And even though, you know, I know that we all know the big beats of the story. We know he winds up with Nike and all that stuff. Michael Jordan does. Um, as you mentioned, the cast, everybody gets a moment. You know, like uh, Ben Affleck as Phil Knight gets a moment, and Matt Damon as Sonny Vaccaro gets multiple moments, and Jason Bateman has got that beautiful monologue. Uh, he plays the uh, marketing executive, Rob Strasser, in it. It's just, it's got everything, and it's shot, you're right, Ben Affleck directs. It's got a very sort of 70s, 80s kind of vibe, even like the the colors and the tone of the of the film. The The same. I just thought in every way... A, a great movie, a sports movie, but beyond a sports movie. Yeah, and I feel like Ben Affleck didn't miss a beat, and he's really become one of my favorite directors. Um, and you talk about the the 80s. You really felt like you were in the 80s. Yep. You know, all of the ads, you know, where's the beef, you know, the, <laughs> you know, Atari, uh, members only jackets, you know, um, cabbage patch dolls, Rubik's Cube. And it, it, it didn't, it didn't like, 
it didn't, it didn't like smack you in the face with it. It was just there because it was there. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Well, let's do this thing. Our guest today is the screenwriter behind Air, uh, which tells the story of Michael Jordan's landmark shoe deal with Nike back in 1984. It's directed by Ben Affleck, stars Matt Damon, Viola Davis, Jason Bateman, Chris Tucker. It is in theaters now. Alex Convery joins us. Alex, thank you so much for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So we have both seen the movie. I, you know, I work for ESPN. I'm a big sports fan. Uh, we all kind of know the story of how Michael Jordan wound up with Nike, but you, yeah. you wrote this as a spec script. What made you think that this particular kind of sliver of Jordan's career was a movie? It's just, it's a gut feeling more than anything, you know, like first and foremost, when I'm coming up with ideas or, or thinking about what I want to write, it starts with character, right? So it's like you, you look for, a really compelling character that can be kind of the narrative engine for the movie and the plot and all of that, but also someone that, you know, you feel like a movie, an audience member can relate to. And, and, you know, with this one specifically, you know, having Sonny, it just, it kind of scratched all the right itches, you know, I mean, especially, you know, there's like a screenwriting 101 component that's like you want an active protagonist who has a goal and that there are clear stakes and there are things standing in your protagonist's way. So it's like with that, you know, this had all of that. Um, and then, you know, on top of it, I, I was an unproduced screenwriter and was writing stuff on spec. So you always look for, you know, these kind of ideas that um, will catch people's attention. And obviously this, you know, it has that ability with the Michael Jordan of it all, the Nike of it all, the Phil Knight of it all. It just felt like a really, you know, interesting way to touch on all of those things yet keep it a very, you know, moment in time movie, you know, not covering years and years of, of someone's life or anything like that. So it was one of those rare times where, you know, when I was sitting watching that episode of the last dance, I, I just, you know, especially like the first act of the movie, just kind of all like, I don't want to say it came to me at once, but it was kind of like a eureka moment of like, gosh, this is really compelling. And as a sports fan myself, like it would be something that I would want to go see. And and when you're when you're trying to pick ideas, you know, a lot of times you can't do more than that. It's like, would I go see this movie? Yes, then okay, it's it, uh, then I'll write it. <laughs> what I love about this story, I love the story within the story. As far as you, you know, you wrote it as a spec. You're you're. Uh, your agents, managers, whatever, you know, were like, oh, this is crazy. This is never going to get made. Yep. You had this feeling that this was something special. And it really mirrored Sonny. It's like you pulled a Sonny Vaccaro in a way, you know? Yeah, it's funny. There is that like meta element to it. And 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 look, no matter what you're writing, where it's set, who it's about, you know, you can't help but, you know, part of you and what you're feeling and what you're going through at that time is inevitably going to creep into the material, right? Like, you can try as hard as you can to stop it, but you know, to me, it's just it's it's a given. So, you know, that idea of being frustrated and and kind of stuck at the bottom of the pile and and, and all of that was very much where I was at the time. You know, I was a stuck writer, and um, you know, it's funny. It's it's um, th this certainly isn't the first screenplay I've written, right? It's the first produced one, but I, you know, I like uh, I have a graveyard of, of unproduced screenplays on on. on on my desktop here. So it's just, um, you know, why this one at this time? I don't know, you know, I guess, you know, kind of, it was just a feeling, you know, like as, <laughs> as a lot of this movie is about. So, um, 
And look, I mean, it wasn't some master plan. A lot of it's just like, I didn't have a better idea. You know, if I had a better idea for an original movie, I would have written that movie because it would have been the smarter, like, you know, business decision to do. But um, I guess luckily I didn't. <laughs> so I've known and interviewed Sonny Vaccaro for, for years. Colorful guy, visionary guy. Uh, at what point in this process did you actually talk? I know, like, I know you worked on this uh, 30 for 30 doc, Soul Man, which was yep. about Sonny. At what point did you have a connection with Sonny himself? So on Soul Man, I was an assistant to one of the main producers on the movie. So, you know, I, I didn't work on, on the doc per se, like in any sort of capacity other than I was the one like rolling all the phone calls and getting coffee for, <laughs> for <laughs> producers. But, you know, it obviously gives you a bit of a behind the look at like, you know, the footage of Sonny, how the doc came together, like, you know, he was on some of the calls. And and obviously, like we were talking about, when you're looking for characters, I mean, it's hard to beat Sonny, you know, like, like you're saying, he's just such, he's, he's a one of a kind of person um, and has had a one of a kind life and one of a kind experiences. So look, I, I, you know, I'd be lying if I was sitting there saying, oh, one day I'm going to write a movie about him because he's, he's, you know, it, it, it's just such an interesting thing. But when I was watching The Last Dance, yeah, my, my first thought was it's weird that Sonny's name isn't even mentioned in this Nike segment, you know? Um, so when I started to do the research, yeah, obviously the first big question is who's the character of this thing, right? Because there's a there's a ton of different angles you you can tell it from. And and obviously it's a very debated shoe deal, right? They call it kind of like the Rashomon of shoe deals, because especially <laughs> in success, everyone wants, you know, their their fair fair due and piece of the credit and 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 all of that. So um, you know, where I ultimately landed on it was just there was one person who said Michael Jordan is the guy, right? And that and that was Sonny. And that's why for me, he was always the most compelling character. He was the one that had a feeling. Um so I wrote, I just wrote the entire thing on spec because especially where I were, I was as an unproduced screenwriter, you know, it's better to ask forgiveness than permission, right? Like if I had just contacted Sonny out of the blue and was like, Hey, I'm this random guy and I want to write a movie about you. Or if I contacted, you know, God, the, the Jordan camp or the Nike camp and, and said like, Hey, I have this idea. You just would have gotten no's across the board, you know? And I've, I certainly have had my share of frustration as someone who tends to write about, you know, kind of like true stories, you know, real world adjacent type of stuff. I, I've I've run into these problems in the past where you go to, um, you know, the subject or the world too early. So for me, it was like, you know what, I'm just going to write this thing. I mean, really in my heart of hearts, I never thought it'd be anything other than a good writing sample, you know, that would get you know, sent around town and, 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 and get me another job, really, you know, something this, in this similar world. But, um, so, you know, I just relied on, on research essentially, you know, like I, I, I obviously had the soul man doc on Sonny, you know, there's a million different articles about the Jordan deal online, but, um, you know, between reading shoe dog and swoosh, the, the unauthorized history of Nike and, uh, playing for keeps, Halberstam's book on, on, on Jordan, you know, you just start to piece it together, um, the, the best you can. Um, and then once it was done, you know, I sent it out to my reps who sent it, you know, to, to production companies and, and, and so forth. And that's when Mandalay and, and Skydance came aboard. And, um, you know, what was really attractive about both those places were their connections to the sports world, right? Uh, Mandalay is run by Peter Goober, who owns yep. the Warriors, and 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 they produced The Last Dance. So it just seemed like, gosh, if 
if there's any chance of this happening, they probably have the right connections. And then Skydance Sports is run by uh, John Weinbach, who directed the, the the Thirty for Thirty Soul Man. You know, who I'd been rolling calls with, you know, back when I was <laughs> right. the lowly assistant all those years ago. Um, and trust is such an important part of all of this, right? And and I just knew from my experience on Soul Man that that John had the right intentions in mind and wouldn't want to tell the story unless he believed, you know, we were we were doing it the right way and 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 going about it the right way. So I went with them ultimately, you know, a lot of for for most of those reasons. Um and then, you know, kind of as promised, uh John was able to to, you know, kind of get Sonny involved and bring him to the table and um you know, share the script with him. And, um, I, I drove down to Palm Springs and, and just spent the day with, with, with Sonny and his wife, Pam, um, who are, you know, truly some of just the most <laughs> kind and, and, and gracious people you, you, you'll ever meet. And, um, we just went over it all, you know, we went through the, the, went through the script really scene by scene and, uh, just, just talked about everything. And, you know, look, obviously, it's a movie, right? So you're never going to be able to tell everything perfectly, especially knowing that it's like, Hey, it's, it's a movie where everyone knows the ending. So it can't be like three hours either. <laughs> and this <laughs> isn't a 10 part, you know, limited series. So it's, it was a lot about, you know, what's most important to you, you know, what moments do you feel like have to be in the movie? And, you know, again, who, who are we missing? Um, so based on all of that, you know, I, I, I did another pass on the script and then that's the script that, went out to to talent and and ultimately you know the script that 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 got ben and matt involved um and then there was a whole nother uh layer to the process when when ben went and met with jordan you know and like similar to my conversation with sunny ben had that exact same conversation with jordan and um based on that you know again added a whole bunch to the script that um you know that 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 we had were missing or, or omitted for whatever reason and and you know really got it to the final form that that that's on the screen now so it gets into Ben Affleck's hands as a director. And mm -hmm. I was talking to Steve before you came on. And I was saying that Ben Affleck to me has become one of my favorite directors. And in this film, he didn't miss a beat. Yeah. It was just, you know, look, your, your writing, snappy, um, sharp, um, so much, you know, levity, there's levity, there's poignancy. Um, what, what impressed you the most about Ben Affleck? Well, I mean, like you're saying, I mean, there's so much. Like he's just he he's a great filmmaker, you know. Uh, uh, you know, full stop. I, I think it's you know, gosh, where where to start? You know, it's really like the ability to see the full movie at once. You know, especially as a director, um, that can be hard. I mean, it's one thing to just sit there and 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 write the thing, but to be able to bring it to life is like a, a whole nother challenge. Um, and really, from that first time we talked, he he kind of he knew what type of movie he wanted to make and, and, you know, the style, the tone, the themes, all of it, you know, and then really it was about, you know, getting, getting Jordan's permission to do so and, and, and adding, um, you know, what, what Jordan thought was, was important, but, um, you know, he, he wanted to make a movie kind of for everyone, you know, which, which sounds a little antithetical when you're talking about a, you know, very like drilled down sports moment in time biopic about Michael Jordan and Nike. But, you know, he just kind of saw how one, I think Sonny's a very universal character in terms of like, you know, having a feeling, having a dream, trying to get it and just meeting all this resistance. Um, you know, there's an element of, of kind of like wish fulfillment in it. Um, and then look like centering, 
especially the third act of the movie uh, around Jordan's mother and and um and Viola that a lot of that came from from Ben's conversation with um with Jordan and um I really think it makes the movie you know it's just like it, it it's it's that great feeling where it feels like the movie's uh, you know about to end but then it has this final kind of twist and and turn for you and it's just um yeah, it was a crucial addition to to the movie that wasn't there in the original script. So, you know, it was all of it. So there's a that that piece of video from the national championship game where Jordan makes the shot, yeah. and it's played multiple times. And Sonny's pointing out this is you know this is who uh, uh, Dean uh, Dean Smith trusted this game to. Yeah, where did that play and that sort of beat come from is that something Sonny talked about or where did it come from so yes uh because always my first question for Sonny is like how did you know what was it about Michael Jordan that gave you this feeling and you know the truth is Sonny was at that game because Georgetown was a Nike school. So he was at that game cheering for Georgetown. And then, you know, we talked about like, do you do that in the script? Do you flash back to him at the game? Do you try to get him in there? But ultimately it just became like too muddled and you're jumping in time. And like, obviously setting up that championship game in, in period would be very tough. So, you know, we, we kind of took everything that Sonny saw in that moment and, and, you know, delivered it in, in, in that scene where, where he's going over, over the tape. But yeah, everything he says in that scene is kind of, um, you know, down to like the Linwood Robinson part of it, um, which I, that's not something I would have uncovered in my research, but something that, <laughs> you know, really, um, you know, co comes from Sonny. Um, yeah, that's all from his experience, but it, it, it it's funny, you know, it's like, you, you think like, surely there was something, you know, what, what did you see? And all he, he'll always say, I, I just thought about that shot. That's the first thing mm -hmm. that flashed in my mind when I was asked about, you know, which player was, was just that shot and that moment. And, and Dean Smith, who's, you know, notorious at that time, uh, in college basketball for, for playing, you know, only upperclassmen, you know, the, the fact that he gave Michael the ball in really what was the most important moment of Dean Smith's career, um, just always spoke volumes to him. So it's just like it says in the movie, you know, it's just like, there's a feeling like I just, something in my gut told me that this was the guy. And the more you think about it, just the crazier it gets, you know, it's just like, gosh, if that feeling had been about, uh, really any other player in that draft class, then we're not talking about, <laughs> you know, Air Jordan, Nike, where it is. It just, it's, it, it, it really is kind of mind boggling, which is, Again, what always appealed to me about the story, you know, it's a way to tell a very, you know, kind of small moment in time story, but speak to like, you know, really uh, so much of 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 the last forty years in terms of the NBA and 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 sports and pop culture and all of that. So Ben Affleck made the decision to not show uh, the actor's uh, face. Yeah, um, and and I really appreciate it. Appreciated that he did that. Yep. Probably for the same reason you probably appreciated it, that a lot of times, you know, you have this iconic figure and if they don't look like the person, it just kind of takes you out of the film. Totally. When you were writing it, um, did you ever expect it to be that way when the movie was finally shot? 
Yeah, so the way the original script went was almost as is, you know, you never you never saw Jordan, you know, it was the same thing where, you know, Sonny shows up at the house and is like, is he here? And, she, you know, Dolores like, you know, you don't need to see him. And you see the Converse meeting and the Adidas meeting, you don't see Jordan. And then, you know, as written, uh, you did cut to Jordan in the final uh signing meeting with Nike, you know, when, when Matt says, you know, I'm going to look you in the eyes. Uh, that was like when you cut to Jordan, you know, Ben very smartly was like, you, you, you got, you have to pick or you have to pick or choose, you know, like, like you ha- you're either making the Michael Jordan biopic or, or, or not. Um, it, and it really, it's almost out of respect, you know, to like, to show Michael Jordan, but only have him in two minutes of the movie just feels like one, very underwhelming. And two, just, you're not doing, his character justice. So for us, you know, it ultimately became about, you know, when people say Michael Jordan isn't in the movie, it's like, he is in the movie. And like the way he's in it is through footage of him and seeing him as he played and as he was and winning championships and, and all of that, you know? So it, um, it really is more out of respect for Jordan than anything. Like, you know, maybe there's a day where, uh, you know, he's ready to tell his story and do the biopic. And when that time comes, then it's like, then you go find the actor to play him and the story centered around him and all of that. This obviously is a slightly different version that, you know, hopefully is still capturing kind of like the magic and, and the aura of, of, of Michael um, w- without it being a, a straight biopic. Yeah. The magic and aura is almost intensified by the fact that you don't see him. Yeah. Like I, no, I, exactly. I, I mean, that, that that's right. You know, it's, it's, that's him, you know, it's like this larger than life, almost mythical um, person. And so it was like, how do you capture that, you know, in a movie where, where, you know, he is in the room and, and that was kind of, uh, you know, that, that was on the page, kind of the, the version of it. And then Ben, you know, really, really took it to a whole nother level. You know, for me, it's a movie of, I mean, everybody gets their moment. That's one of the things I really love about it. Um, the Rod Strasser character, uh, played by Jason Bateman, you know, him talking about his, his daughter, the Peter Moore character, uh, who was just sort of like this crazy mad scientist kind of guy, uh, played yeah. by Matthew, Ma- is it Matthew Maher? Yeah, Maher. Maher. Um, uh, just, just fantastic. And of course, Sonny, uh, just like nailing that speech, that that speech to Jordan and his family about why he should be a Nike guy. Uh, none of the speeches are are. I mean, somehow you wrote them so that they're they're real. They don't feel inauthentic. They don't feel hammy. They just feel on the money. Um, how how do you how do you pull that off? It's not easy. It take it takes a <laughs> lot of drafts and and. You know, look, I, it, when you're assembling kind of an ensemble like this, even though, yeah, the movie's about Sonny and, and you know, he's your, your like, you know, quote unquote protagonist, you know, any good ensemble, you want it to feel like any of these guys could really be the main character of the movie, right? And like, if you just turn the camera a little differently or, or, or you know, turn your perspective, you want them all to feel like they, they, you know, could be the star of the thing. So it really boils down to just, you know, kind of on paper figuring out, you know, all of their inner lives and what are they, what are they trying to, uh, achieve with this? And, um, you know, how are they being affected by this? So it's, it takes a lot of work and I, I, you know, it was there on the page for sure, but, you know, Ben's direction is also very purposeful in that. And that's something we, we talked about, um, very early. And then he went out and like, you know, just, killed it in terms of each character really getting you can look at the movie and and to me really say like 
each character has their their big scene, you know, or their big moment, or the thing you'll remember about the movie with with them in particular. Um, you know, whether it's Chris Messina and his phone call, or uh, <laughs> or you know, uh, Jason's yeah, the, the monologue about his daughter. Um, you know, uh, uh, Pete Moore coming up with 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 the name Air Jordan, and then. You know, obviously Viola, uh, uh, you know, kind of that, that final phone call. And even, you know, like, look, even, even Ben playing Phil, you know, it's a, it is a funny performance, but at the end of the day, he really gets his moment too. So it's, it, it, it's very, I mean, look, like the easy metaphor to, to, to use here is to say it's like a good basketball team, you know, where like with Ben as the point guard able to, to, to really, you know, elevate the, the cast as a whole. So I, I've, you know, I, I wrote for TV for many, many years and I never tried to sell a film, but when I write, I always try to think of who I would like to be cast in a movie. I write like, oh, and even when I'm pitching, it's like, oh, okay. You know, like a, a Matt Damon type or whatever. When you were writing this, did you have ideas of who you saw in each of these roles? I try not to write that way just because. Because in film, you so rarely get who you want, especially where I was in terms of like an unproduced screenwriter. It's just, I, obviously, this cast in, in particular, I never could have imagined in a million years. But th- that is also the luxury of it being a true story, right? I, I I really was just writing it, picturing Sonny Vaccaro talking to Phil Knight, right? Or or Sonny talking to Dolores Jordan. I mean, eh, you know, even down to the Converse and the Adidas execs, it was just, you know, you try to picture them as exactly as 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 they were um knowing that hey it's not going to look like that at the end of the day but if i'm thinking like that while writing hopefully that's coming through on on the other side of the page and 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 the read you know um and you just get your heart broken every time you try to say like oh we're gonna get this big actor to to be in this role you know it's just like it's uh, that's a very dangerous thing so you grew up in the chicago area um, yep, Western wh- suburbs, like the like the rest of us watched the Last Dance. It was like one of the things that we all watched during the pandemic. It, it was like this big cultural moment mm-hmm. uh, to have written a movie about Michael Jordan when you were a kid growing up, following Michael Jordan. Uh, that must be that must be a very heady feeling. Yeah, it is. It also, you know, in a way, it just feels. Um, it feels natural too, you know, it's like a, a piece of advice you always get in film school and when you're coming up as a young writer is, is you know, you should write about what you know. And a lot of times that advice can mean, you know, write an autobiographical story or, you know, for me, it'd be like write a, you know, story set in the Chicago suburbs in the 1990s, um, write about, you know, your first heartbreak, whatever it may be. But But for me too, it's like looking inward and it's just, you know, what do I know? Well, <laughs> I'm a kid from Chicago in the nineties, like the, the, you know, the nineties bulls are, are, were, were, uh, you know, like everything back at that time. So, and, you know, even some of my other scripts, right. It's just, like I read a, my first script that really broke me was a college football script. And, and it hmm. was just, that's because I went to USC and giant college football fan, you know? So it's just like trying to find worlds or characters or stories that you feel at home in, you know, and, and feel like, um, you don't have to do, uh, you don't have to, you know, mentally move around too much to like access all of it. Um, but no, it certainly didn't, it didn't hurt, uh, you know, my, my upbringing and all of that. I mean, I always say, I wish I was like five to 10 years older because 
you know, it was great to experience the the Bulls when I was that young, but it also, I just had no context for it. You know, it just felt like, oh, the Bulls will always be this good. Like, what do you mean the Bulls aren't in the finals? Like, that's just how it goes. And then like, you know, you go through the next 20 years of Bulls fandom and it's like, I'd kill for, you know, an Eastern Conference finals at this point. Like, I'm preparing for a 10 seed play-in game. Play-in tournament, exactly. And that's just... You know, that's how it goes. It's, it's, you know, you, you never realize what you have until it's gone, but especially not when you're like six or seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm an adult who's very depressed about the Knicks because when I was growing up in the seventies, um, they were amazing and they've never, ever matched that caliber for all. No, these I mean, years. look, they're, they're one in a long line of, of teams that, uh, you know, Jordan kept from, from, from winning, you know, um, I mean, you can count them, uh, you know, on, on more than two hands, really. Um, so look, I mean, I empathize. That's, that's my Bulls fandom now. It's, uh, and really all Chicago, you know, Bears, all of it. It's just, it's, uh, <laughs> sometimes you wonder why, you know, you even, uh, show up to root for some of these teams. You know, it's like, that's the goofiest <laughs> thing. But that's what I love about sports, too. You know, it's just like you go through all the emotions, you know, heartbreak, joy. And, you know, you sign up knowing that only one team can win the championship every single year, yet we still show up. You know, there's like something kind of beautiful in it. Uh, but, but you know, that's why I think it's, it, 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 it's such a, um, such a tangible thing, you know, and it's just something that connects us all because it is that kind of like, they're very universal emotions. So last thing for you, you are, you're not an overnight success. You've written a bunch <laughs> of spec scripts, but you are 30 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh you have written a movie that uh, stars Matt Damon, Viola Davis, directed by Ben Affleck. Uh, it's done really well at the box office. It is uh, definitely a hit and, and did really well over the weekend. What does this do for your life and for your career? Well, I mean, look, it, it, the, the job is always the same, you know, like even you're, it's just you at the computer, you know, at the end of the day, like, yeah, the opportunities change a little bit and, and, there's so, certainly something to be said about, you know, being a produced screenwriter instead of an unproduced screenwriter, but it still is, it, 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 you can't invest in the results, you know, especially in Hollywood because so much of it as a writer is out of your control. You know, it's it, all you can do is write the best script possible. Um, and then really it just comes down to like right time, right place, right people. You know, I, I, I've talked about it a bit, but, but, you know, with Ben and Matt, it's, you know, if they got the script five years ago, they probably don't make the movie, you know, mm. they're, they're off being, huge movie stars, Ben's Batman at the time. And, you know, Matt's doing born or whatever. And, um, you know, it's just a lot of the script was just the right thing for them at this, at this time, they're starting this new production company, artist equity. That's trying to make these kind of mid budget adult dramas, kind of the movies that, you know, we all grew up loving, but don't get made so much anymore, especially not theatrically. So it just, and then, you know, a lot of the themes of the movie, just in terms of, um, you know, equity and who's compensated what and why and and kind of breaking the rules. It 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 um it was just the right script for 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 them at this time. And I'm you know cognizant of that, right? It's it's um I'm proud of the script, obviously, but but uh if they don't get it at this time, there's a good chance it's like my other scripts and just sitting, you know, <laughs> as like a good writing sample that, that 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 that's not produced. So um yeah, of course you have a you know, some more opportunities now, but it still is, you have to deliver on the page. So, you know, the way I'm doing it now is not so much different than when I was in film school, you know, you're just, you're in final draft and you're at the computer and it's just you and the page and, and you look for good characters and, and, 
you know, hope for the best, you know? So it's, it's, it's a crazy industry. I mean, everyone says it, but, but, you know, the last 10 years have been proof of that, you know, it's like, but that, that's why you keep going too, because, you know, a good script can be found and, you know, it can be read by the right people and this, it can happen. Yeah. It rarely does, but, um, you know, it's, it, it's worth it. Well, listen, the, uh, the movie, you completely nailed it. The movie is called air. Uh, it is in theaters everywhere right now. I have a feeling this won't be your last uh, produced screenplay. I'm sure we're going to see, whatever is, we'll see. <laughs> whatever is coming next for you. Uh, listen, thank you so much for doing this, man. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the movie. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. This is fun. Alex Convery there. I remember when I was 30. <laughs> yeah, and he says, 10 years, it's been a tough 10 years. <laughs> like, uh, come here, I want to just smack you. <laughs> And I, you know, I think that he's going to be nominated for best, I guess it would be best adapted screenplay at the Oscars. Would it be adapted or original? whatever it is? I don't think it's adapted because it's not based on a book, right? You're I mean, right. It's based I mean, it's on ba- life. On life. So I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. But whichever one it is, I think he's going to be. And you know, I also think Matt Damon is going to be nominated. I do too. He is like one of our great underappreciated solid actors of our time and i think the world he he deserves an oscar nomination and maybe even the the trophy itself you know it's kind of like how brad pitt you know for years wouldn't get nominated for stuff and he i i can't think of anything that he's done that was not great. No, I agree. I agree. And even and, even if even if the film wasn't the greatest, his performance was always solid and just seamless. And I know it's a bad example because of what happened at the Oscars, but you know, Will Smith uh, was in a lot of movies over the years, and then he hit his King Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, this this might be Matt Damon's King Richard. This is where he gets recognized. I mean, it is uh, obviously. Our reviews are over the top for this thing. If you're listening, definitely go see it. It is it is such a great movie. Uh, Air is my favorite movie of the year so far. Sue, great. Thanks a lot for uh, for uh, participating. Thanks a lot for participating. Thanks, thanks, thanks for showing up for your show. <laughs> yeah. No, it was great. It was great. Thanks to uh, Alex Convery for joining us. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Culture Pop Podcast on Apple and Spotify and at stevemason.com. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review, and we will see you next time on the Culture Pop Podcast. Culture Pop Podcast.